Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So last week, if you were here, uh, both services, Sunday morning and Sunday night, we talked about evangelism. And uh, that is the direction that our church is going in. That is what we're going to be trying to uh, promote more and more is evangelism. And evangelism is important, amen? Reaching lost souls, seeing them saved. But how many of you would agree with me that if we're going to uh, evangelize, go out and try and get people saved, get people to come to church, uh, we need to know what salvation is, amen? Now, I'm just of a little bit of a different mind, and I'm going to try and just be real straightforward this morning, but I'm a little bit different of a mind. Um, um, I don't believe there are so many different beliefs about salvation, uh, but we don't get to say, well, you see it that way and I see it this way. There's one way, and that's God's way. Right. We need to find that way. If it isn't my way, then we need to find God's way. Uh, so we don't get to have a bunch of different opinions, a bunch of different ideas about uh, how to get to heaven. Uh, there's one way. We're going to tell you what that way is this morning. One way to get to heaven. And um, I'm going to preach this this morning, as I believe it is, as the word of God. Okay? Not Gary's opinion, uh, not optional, not up for debate. This is, this is what thus saith the word of God. And so you guys have sat through, uh, those of you that have come faithfully, you guys have sat through three long chapters of week after week after week after week of hearing, you guys are bad. That's what you guys have been coming to church for. I mean, it's, it's really been encouraging. And every Sunday we have learned that we are bad, that we are sinners, that, that every, Paul makes an argument for three chapters, everyone, everyone in every scenario and everything there is, you are a sinner before God. Now that is bad news, but the gospel is good news. And someone has said there can't be good news until there's bad news. Right? What makes the gospel good? There's a Savior, take away your sins. So? Because you're going to die and go to hell. Okay, now that's good news. Right? It's not good news until there's bad news. When there's bad news, now there's good news. So all these weeks we've talked about how bad you guys are this morning. We're going to talk about the good news of how we get to heaven. And, and uh, so <clears throat> eternal life depends totally. I want you to get this. Eternal life depends totally on faith. In Jesus, period. Now, I'm going to press you a little bit this morning, but my guess is right now, right now in this congregation, I'm guessing that I could get a 100% vote that, that faith in Jesus is what gets us to heaven. I think everybody here would agree with that. I think there would be no disagreement whatsoever. But I want to press us a little bit. Do we understand what faith in Jesus means? Because maybe we, what we think faith in Jesus isn't what the Bible says faith in Jesus is. So let's read these verses, such powerful verses. If you'd stand and honor God's word, Romans chapter 4, we're going to begin reading with verse number 1. You have to remember, we've just just had three chapters that tell us how bad we are that we're sinners. And then Paul starts out chapter 4, what shall we say then? In other words, everything we've just said, how bad you guys are, now what are we going to say? <clears throat> that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found... 
For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are those Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, good Bible interpretation, good Bible, if you want to have doctrine, you want to have good Bible interpretation, you have to understand this. there's a lot of things we got to do, but any belief that you come up with that disagrees with another scripture is false doctrine. You guys agree with that? In other words, if you say, well, I believe this, I mean, there's that one little verse that contradicts it, but the rest of the Bible is good. No, that's false doctrine. A doctrine has to agree with all of the Bible, okay? So there are a lot of, and that's why there's some controversy in, in, in salvation, because we take a verse here and take a verse there. We have to take the whole entirety of the Bible, and that's how we get our doctrine. Now, it is impossible with a, with a okay, let's, let's do this. My, my old scenario. All of us are dropped on a desert island. We've never heard a message preached before. We've never had a Bible. We've never been in church. We're just all on a desert island. All of us know nothing about the Word of God, and a Bible is dropped in among us. And we read the Bible. What conclusion are we going to come to? Now, if you read Romans 4, 1 through 8, it is crystal clear with no debate that we are justified that we are called righteous because of faith. It's, it's just clear. It is clear that it is not of works. Do we understand what works are? Works are, I didn't commit adultery. I didn't lie. I didn't steal. I go to church. I, I pay my tithes, right? I, I read my Bible. Those are works. Without any of those those are not what get you to heaven or keep you out of heaven. It is faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear about that. He, he goes so far, he makes it really clear. He says, if it is about the fact that you didn't sin, then it's not grace. We owe you a debt. So if you get to heaven and you say, Lord, you know, I, I did good, then God's not giving you grace. God's giving you payment for what you did for him. Does that make sense? So it, it, this is clear. That it, it is so clear. It is counted to him for righteousness. Uh, uh, it says, uh, him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. If it's about you and it's about what you've done and what you haven't done, then it is about uh, uh, debt and not grace. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to give you some fundamental. Out on the welcome center, there are some. Uh, Renee said I didn't do a very good job of making it clear, so I... The last time I preached on this, I, I gave you five fundamentals. Fundamentals are things we don't get to debate on. We don't get to disagree. We don't get to see it differently. It is clearly what the Word of God says. So we printed those up. They're out on the uh, Welcome Center. We're going to give you a couple more this morning. Um, but how profound is this? If you just set aside everything you believe and just read what the Bible says, it says 
Imputed righteousness without works. Do we get what imputed means? Imputed is God puts something in your account that you don't have. So if you have a bank account, imagine if someone comes up and you have nothing and he puts a million dollars in your account. You had no way of getting that million dollars, but he puts it in your account and he says, now it's yours. That's the way righteousness is. You have no righteousness of your own, but God puts it in your account. He imputes it to you. And now you have righteousness, not yours, but his. That, that's what the Bible teaches about imputation. And, and this is staggering. I know you guys will, will stagger with this. Some of you will. Uh, but, I, but it is what the Bible says. Is this a misprint or do we have to twist it around and make it say something that it doesn't say? Verse number eight. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Wouldn't you like to be that man that God says, I won't put any sin in your account? And he says we can have that by faith in Jesus. And that's, that's, that's what salvation is, is, is faith in Jesus. So if you, if, you, if you understand that, it is really deep, it is really profound, it, it is an awesome statement, but it is crystal clear. There's really no other way to interpret it. Uh, the, the, the only way we get to heaven is by faith in Jesus. So the big question we got to have on the table is, what is faith in Jesus? What is faith in Jesus? Preacher, I know what faith in Jesus is. I've been saved for 40 years. Well, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Do you know what faith in Jesus is? <clears throat> so point number one, point number one, solely Jesus. I looked up that word solely. It is an, it is an adverb, and it, and it means this, without anything else. Nothing added to. Just Jesus. You say, preacher, that's what I believe is just Jesus. Well, I'm going to try and illustrate that for you. If you allow me this morning, I'd like, I'd like for you to illustrate this. <clears throat> now, now, I need you to follow this illustration. No matter where I stand, some of you can't see me very good. So, I would like for you to imagine that I am standing on the edge of a cliff, and it is just a straight fall down. And there is a burning hell if I fall off this cliff. Can I tell you, that's pretty close to reality. And I have this rope, and this rope is called Jesus. And this rope I'm holding on to because I don't want to fall into hell. So I'm holding on very tight to the... Is that you're not going to fall into hell? And they say, because I'm holding on to Jesus... And I'm staying away from the edge. Will you guys have it this morning that that is false doctrine? That's not biblical. Not biblical at all. It's false doctrine. So here's real doctrine. I got my rope, holding on to it. It begins to wrap around my legs. And then it begins to wrap around my waist. And then it goes up over my shoulders, and it forms a harness. And then it picks me up off of here, and it carries me out here, way away from that edge of the cliff. And it dangles me over hell. And the only thing keeping me from dropping into hell is that rope called Jesus. I'm not holding on to that rope. I'm not keeping myself saved, that rope is holding on 
to me. And church, I believe that is true salvation. See, when I'm standing over here, I can't reach back over there and stand on the edge. I can't keep myself from falling into hell. I can't hold on tight enough I make it. That rope is literally the only thing I have to keep me from going to hell. Now, if you understand that, this is really important, people. This is really, really important. If you understand it, so I'm dangling over hell, and I've, the only thing I've got is Jesus. That's all i got. My faith is in Jesus. My faith is in this rope. This rope keeps me from going to hell. Without this rope, I will die and go to hell. How do I lay down at night and say, hanging on to, or having this rope hold me out of hell, and the only thing I have, my faith is only in Jesus. How do I lay down at night and say, I don't know if I'm good enough to go to heaven. Because you are saying you matter. Your works matter. You're, are you good enough? Do you deserve it? Can I just say you don't deserve it? But Renee sung us that song. She sung a couple songs. She, the one song said, I know my sins are gone. You arrogant fool. You are arrogant enough to say you know your sins are gone. Yeah, because it ain't me. It's him. It was imputed into my account and it made me righteous. And I, it is Jesus, not me. And I have stood there many times and say, I know that I am going to heaven. You say, you arrogant preacher, you think you got it all. No, I know it isn't dependent on me. It's dependent on him. And I've talked to many people in this church, even lately I've talked to many people in this church, and they come to me and say, oh, pastor, I'm just afraid when I die, I, I just, you know, it wasn't really what I should have been yesterday. I'm just afraid I won't go to heaven. Where's your faith? Oh, it's in Jesus as long as I do everything I'm supposed to do. See, it's, you, you can't have faith in Jesus and faith in you. It's either faith in Jesus or faith in you. But you can't have faith in you. And, faith. and somehow we've got that twisted in our mind that I have to be good, but I still need Jesus. No, you aren't good. We just said three chapters proving you're not good. You need Jesus, period. It will, Jesus will get you to heaven or nothing will get you to heaven. If Jesus doesn't get you to heaven, you're not going, friend. And if Jesus does get you to heaven, it ain't going to be because of you. And can I just assure you, when we get to heaven, there'll be no one proudly walking in and saying, I, I held on. I made it. I was a good person. I was at church when I was supposed to be. No, we're going to fall on our faces and say, oh, praise God, that rope held me. It didn't let me go to hell, and it took me to heaven. Amen? And forever and ever and ever, we're going to worship the one that held on to us and didn't let us go to hell. Amen? And so it is faith solely in Jesus. No other way there. And if you have, if you get that, if you understand that faith is not about you, you're no longer standing here trying not to fall. You're no longer standing here trying to be good. You're no longer trying to hold on to the rope. If you understand that, I never did understand how a lot of people sing blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. How do you sing blessed assurance if you're counting on yourself to get you there? Because I tell you, if I got me, I'm not very assured of that. If I'm waiting on me being good enough, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> I don't lay down and I'd say, oh, I, I've got blessed assurance. No, I lay down and say, I'm scared to death. I'm not going to make it. But if I'm counting on him, I can lay down every night, no matter how, uh, how, how my day went, I can lay down and say, praise God, I've got assurance. If I die before morning, I'm going to heaven. That is blessed assurance. It is confidence. And it is not in me. It is in him. And that is what the Bible teaches. And this scripture is very clear. If faith in Jesus without works, without what we do, it, it is very, very clear. <clears throat> Fundamental truth, uh, this goes along with the five that I've already gave you. You want to write this down? If, if, I, if I repeat it a few times, but if you don't get it, I'll, I'll give it to you later. Fundamental truth, imputed righteousness. 
imputed righteousness, right in the text, it says it is imputed. Imputed simply means to, to deposit into, to put it into your account. That The righteousness that you have is imputed from Jesus into your account. Righteousness has been deposited in your account. Now that is a Bible doctrine that we don't get to dispute about. If there isn't imputed righteousness, which clearly there is because the Bible tells us if there's not, then it is your righteousness is going to get you to heaven. And now we've got all kinds of conflicts and problems that won't work. So imputed righteousness is the righteousness that has been deposited in your account. <clears throat> Point number two. This is very, very important. So maybe you're here this morning and you say, okay, preacher, I believe everything you're saying. I believe that I'll only go to heaven by faith in Jesus. I believe that it's not by works. I believe that it is by faith. Maybe you say, preacher, I agree with that. And so the other devil, he's so sly. What do you use converse back? Oh, slewfoot. Oh, slewfoot. He just, you close one door, he slides in another door, right? And no matter what you do, he's just slithering in trying to tell you lies. So you say, preacher, I believe that it's not about me. I believe that it's all about him. And I believe that it is faith in Jesus. The only way I'm going to get to heaven. I'm just not sure if I have faith. Isn't that how it works? He can't get you to doubt on your goodness, so then he'll get you to doubt on maybe you don't have faith. So we probably really need to understand what is faith in Jesus. How do you know you have real faith? Now, I don't want to cause any confusion, but I do want you guys to understand what the Bible says. <clears throat> it is clear in Scripture that there is real faith and there is false faith. Do you guys get that? There's real faith and there's false faith. The wheat and the tares, they grew together. You couldn't distinguish them. They, they looked just alike, but one was real and one was fake. And God said, in the end, I'll separate them. The sheep and the goat, they're, they're together, but in the end, they'll be separated. The, he says, I cast out a net and I, and I bring in good things and bad things, but in the end, I'll separate the good and I'll separate the bad. All throughout Scripture, we have the ten virgins. You know, if you look at the ten virgins, all ten of them looked exactly the same. They, there was no difference within them, but five of them had oil and five of them did not. Five of them were going to go to heaven and five of them were going to go to hell, but they looked just alike. So it is clear in the Bible, all throughout Scripture, that it is clear there are the, the, the parable of the sowers. You know, it said that, that, that some of those who, who received the seed, said they believed but then they went away they went to hell so there's real faith and there's false faith so we want to know which one is real or do how do I know that I have the real one so real clear if you have real faith the Bible is so clear on this it will change your heart you cannot call yourself a Christian. You cannot say you have faith in Jesus if it didn't change you. It, listen to me. If you've got to force yourself to do right, if you've got to force yourself to do what God wants, if there's not been that inner change, listen, this is not an outward action thing. This is an inward heart thing. If your heart is, you can believe intellectually as the devil does. You can believe with your emotions as many people do. You, you can believe in all kinds of ways. But until your heart is changed for Jesus, you don't have real faith. And I hope everybody here this morning has real faith, but real faith will not, will not say there's a list of rules I need to do. Real faith will say, I am different on the inside. I am not what I used to be. My desires have changed. My want-tos have changed. Uh, my, I, I can't enjoy sin. It's not fun anymore. I can't enjoy, enjoy doing things God doesn't want to do. It's funny when I hear the Bible, I want to do what the Bible says. There's something changed inside of me. 
That is real faith. If you do not have that, friend, I don't care if you've been in this church for 40 years. I don't care if you hold an office church. I don't care who you are. If you do not have that, you need to come to the altar because you do not have real faith. You're holding on to something that will not take you to heaven because the Bible is clear. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Old things have become new. That is clear. The old man is crucified. I have died with Christ. I am risen with Christ. That is clear. You, there's, there's not a uh, still lingering the old life and it coming to the new life. Amen? Now, you say, preacher... Here, here's where the confusion sets in for a lot of people, and here's what I'm trying to clear up. You say, preacher, if you believe that it's only by faith and it's not by works, if you believe that, then you believe that people can live sinfully and go to heaven. No, it's not what the Bible teaches. Does the Bible teach that? Does the Bible teach you can live sinful and go to heaven? No. It teaches that faith that is real will change your life so you won't want to sin anymore. So if you go on sinning and you say, I have faith in Jesus, I don't have to say, uh, uh, oh, you're, you're not saved because you're doing, listen, you'll never go to hell because you commit adultery. You'll never go to hell because you lie. You will go to hell because you do not have faith in Jesus. But if you have faith in Jesus, it'll make you do all those things. And the Bible's so clear on that. The Bible's so clear on that. And, and, and secondly, not only is, does real faith change you, you guys agreeing with me? Is anybody with me this morning? Real faith will change you. Now this one, this one is a little controversial, but I still believe it's very, very biblical. I believe, and I want you to let me prove this point before you turn me off. I believe that real faith never ends. What about that? It never ends. See, what it is what I mean. If you really got it, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> is that too much? If you really got it, you can't get rid of it. If you really got true faith, that now that robe's holding on to you, you're not holding on to it. So how many, you say, preacher, I disagree with that. Okay, you guys work with me. Everybody here work with me. How many of you, since you've been saved, a lot, a lot of you have been saved, how many of you, since you've been saved, have really, really sinned bad? Every one of you need to raise your hand. Everyone, sin, sin, not, not, you sinned really, really bad. How many of you since you've been saved have sat at home and thought, I don't want to go to church anymore. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to anymore. I'm done with it. How many of you since you've been saved have thought, I quit. I'm done. I quit. I'm done with it. They've done made me so mad I'll never go back. But you're still here. <laughs> you're still here. Why was that? You couldn't get away from it. You couldn't get away from it. Listen, we've been here for a long time now, and, and, and we've seen a lot of people. You know, I, I've, I've had so many people in my office, you know, even I've had some of you good people that are here in my office just mad as a hornet, just, just blood red, mad face. I, I'm, I'm so mad, at me, and I'm, I'm just leaving the church, and I'm mad, and, I, and it all worked out physically. But then you know what? You're still here. As a young pastor, I used to think, Oh, they're leaving the church. And now I know if you're really saved, you can't just walk away from this. You can't just quit Jesus. You can get mad. You can get aggravated. You can't just walk away from it. Some people have tried. Listen, I have walked away from Jesus. I have left him, but he never left me. And praise God, that shepherd came after me. That shepherd lassoed me. That shepherd brought me back to the fold. He said, I'm not letting you go because you're mine. 
You say, doesn't the Bible say he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved? Yes, it does. I don't believe that if you confess Jesus as your Savior and go out and go back on the world and live like a devil, I do not believe you will go to heaven. I believe you will go to hell because I don't believe you ever got Jesus. But if you really get Jesus, you have a hard time getting rid of him. And if you just think about it, so many of us that are here, probably every last one of us that are here, since we've been saved, we've done some pretty bad things. Since we've been saved, we've gotten pretty discouraged, gotten pretty mad. But there's something you couldn't walk away from. So I believe real faith changes you. And I believe it lasts all the way to the end. I don't know if you guys believe that or not, but I challenge you if you don't believe that to find it in the Bible where it's not true. Here's one of the holdups, and I know this is an emotional thing. I know this is a snag for a lot of people. Here's the, here's the emotional problem with a lot of people. Brother so-and-so was here for 10 years, and he was a great brother. He was my best friend. I thought the world of him. He's back out in the world living like the devil, but I know he was saved because we were best friends, and I know he's a good man. Do you really know he was saved? Raise your hand if you're God and you can judge if someone's saved. I look at a lot of you and I think you're saved, but can I tell you I don't know if you're saved? I know I'm saved. I can't be your judge. But I have went to church with a lot of people who have then turned their back and went out in the world and it seems to be making, not even bother them. They seem to be as happy as they can be. And I have to say, I don't think they got what I got. Amen? Because when you really get it, you can't just walk away from it. I didn't say you wouldn't try. I didn't say you might not go away for a while. I'm not going to ask anybody else to put yourselves on the spot, but I just wonder if there's anybody here who's ever gotten in a backslidden condition. I'm talking about where you quit going to church, didn't want to go to church, didn't want nothing to do with the church, didn't want nothing to do with God. And, and how many would testify how miserable you were and God just would not leave you alone? That's how it works. That's how it works. You say, how does it work for the lost person? Well, they never got saved to start with. They can go right back out into the world and they can enjoy all the sin. See, I can, I can leave Renee, go get drunk, go find me another woman, but I could not enjoy it. Do you guys get that? I, I, could, I could go out and, and start doing all kinds of simple things and, and live in all kinds of world life. I could do, I have the freedom to do that. I could do that right now. I could do that. But I couldn't enjoy it. But you know if I wasn't saved, I could enjoy that. I could have a good time. But Terry's told us, there's pleasure in sin, right? You can enjoy doing bad things. You can go out and sin and you can say, this is fun. This is awesome. I'm having a great time. I got stoned. I was with a whole bunch of women. I got all these guys. It was great. But when you're Christian, it's not fun anymore. It, it takes it away from you. And so there's a difference between real faith and false faith. So, fundamental, next fundamental truth, write this down. Big, bold, and straight. Only faith in Jesus will get you to heaven. That is the truth of the Bible, people. Only faith in Jesus will get you to heaven. <clears throat> now, I want to step into just a little bit of muddy water. Everything we've been talking about, I believe, has been biblical and been clear up until this point. But I'm going to step into a little bit of muddy water. 
And, and this, this is muddy water for a lot of us. <clears throat> so if you believe what I've just preached, and if you believe what the Bible says, you believe that faith in Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And if you truly have faith in Jesus, it's not about you or how good you live or what you do. It is about faith in Jesus, okay? If, that, if you believe the Bible, that's what you believe. Here's some muddy water. What happens... Maybe you don't think this can happen, but I believe the Holy Spirit can do whatever it wants. What happens if you're in a church and there's false doctrine, but the Holy Spirit speaks to you? And you come down with a sincere heart and you genuinely get real faith and you genuinely get saved. What about if the pastor Holt picks you up from that altar and, and, and you genuinely, sincerely got saved? And he says, now, if you will do this and 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 this, you'll get to go to heaven. And if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, and this you're going to go to hell. So you got saved, but your understanding is wrong. Does that happen? So I believe the Holy Spirit can do whatever it wants. I believe the Holy Spirit is big enough to save you in a bad church. But without good teaching, you're probably never going to get straightened out and live a good life. Now, Let's, let's use a different scenario. Now you're going to a liberal church. We could name a few in Sandusky. You're, you're going to a liberal church. You come down, you get saved. You gen, the Holy Spirit deals with you and you genuinely get real faith and you genuinely are saved and your sins are under the blood. But that church doesn't have a problem with drinking or living worldly or being immodest or, or living sexual and living with your boyfriend and girlfriend. And you can do all this. And they still, and the pastor says you're a good Christian. He'll go do it with you. Can you still be a Christian and be taught wrong? See, that's muddy water, but, but here's the thing, and, and that's way over my pay grade. I'll just be honest with you, that's way over my pay grade. But I do believe the Holy Spirit can save people that are sitting under some bad teaching. But here's what we've got to understand. Whether you like it or whether you don't, there's still only one way to heaven, and that is faith in Jesus. If you're in a liberal church where anything goes, if you're in a church that has false doctrine and teaches you wrong, all of those different things do not change the word of God. There's only one way to heaven, and that is faith in Jesus. You'll go to heaven by faith in Jesus, or you won't go to heaven. And if you're taught wrong, so here's, here's my conclusion. You can come with you. I was dogmatic on the rest. This here's, not, this here's above my pay grade, so I just give you Gary's opinion. If you're saved in a church, and you're genuinely saved, and the pastor teaches you all kinds of false doctrine, teaches you all kinds of bad things, I believe you'll still go to heaven. I believe you have a miserable life. You'll never have victory. You'll never live undefeated. You'll, you'll never be able to come, climb above it. You'll spend your whole time. It just breaks my heart. I've said this so many times, but I've seen it over and over and over again. But I believe there are people that I went to church with that are in heaven today, and they were good, godly people who genuinely got saved, lived, lived saved for 50 years, and, and as they went to their grave, they were scared to death. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. That's bad teaching. Bad. It, it isn't that they weren't saved, it's that they had bad teaching. They were taught if you're good enough, you'll make it. If you're not good enough, you're going to go to hell. So they lay on their deathbed, scared to death, and the next thing you know, they wake up and there's Jesus. What a surprise, I made it. Because it wasn't about you, it was about him. But I believe that people can, and the, and the reason I say this is, let's be real careful judging if someone's saved or not. Let's be real careful. Now, let me give you this. So, so when I say that, you look at someone going to a liberal church, well, I know they're not saved. Do you know they're not saved? They're living ungodly, but maybe they got faith and they, they're ignorant. Okay? 
You, well, you're judging someone over in this church, and you know they're not saved. Maybe they got real faith, but they've been taught wrong all their life. Now, here's what I know, and I, help, me, help me, Lord, say this right. Help me, Lord. People will do what they are taught. If you're taught bad doctrine, that's how you'll live. Your life is bad doctrine. And there are people who have been taught wrong, and they're going to live wrong because they've been taught wrong. That's why it's really important to have a good church. Amen? Now, here, one last thing I want to say about this, this muddy water, and then we'll move on. This is so important. I wish you guys could get this. I wish you guys could get a hold of this. This is so very, very important. As I get older, I'm not old yet, but as I get older, right about there, I'm not old yet, but as I get older, I am finding myself, you know, when I was a kid, I used to think, what is wrong with them old men? But as I'm getting older, I am more and more and more set in my ways. Can I get an amen? I'm set in my ways. I mean, when I get up in the morning, I do everything exactly. The main reason is because I forget what I'm doing if I don't, but I do it exactly the same way every time because if I don't, but, but I, I can't stand it when my routine gets mixed up. If there's something changed, I, I, I like things exactly. I don't want anything to change. I like it to be exactly. Way. And I don't try to tell me something. They, they say, Brother Charles, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. There's a reason for that. Old dogs don't want to learn a new trick. Right? And, and, and I can say that we've got some young ones in this church pretty doggone stubborn too. Right? But here's the thing. This is so very important. If you'll, if you'll just let me speak to your heart. If you've been taught wrong for 40 years, wherever you've been, and someone comes along and starts preaching to you the truth, you'll spit it out because it doesn't taste good. You say it's the truth of the Word of God. You'll still spit it out. You say the Holy Spirit will change them. Not always. Some people are so, I, I, had, an, I had a life-changing experience, and I don't want to take up a lot of time to explain this, but I told Renee, I heard, this, I heard this message from this brother, very, very, very popular preacher. He's like one of the biggest preachers out there in that circle. And he preached a message, just recently heard it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't want to offend anybody here, but I'll be honest with you, I heard that message and I thought to myself, that's why a lot of people do what they do at Sand Hill, is because of that message right there. He didn't preach no Bible. He didn't back anything up, set up with the Bible. It was, it was what he said. But can I tell you, they were climbing the pews. They were excited. And I thought, if you've sat under that type of message for 40 years, what Gary says is heresy. What Gary says is blasphemy. And I get that. Here's what I say. If you're going to live wrong, if you've got faith in Jesus, we're still going to heaven together. <laughs> well, you guys have that. If you still, if you, if you have real faith in Jesus, you're still going to heaven. I don't care if we do it, which way we do it. We do it different. We disagree with each other. It isn't about all of those things. It's about faith in Jesus. Amen. That's what gets us to heaven. Let me let you know a little secret. We're always going to disagree. We got way too many hard-headed people in this church. They say the pastor, people, uh, you attract people like the pastor. I guess that's the reason. But we got, there's a lot of hard-headed people in this church. Listen, there's no church you go to. There's not a lot of hard-headed people. Until the day Jesus comes, we're going to have disagreements and seeing things differently. That's not what it's about. It's about faith in Jesus. Period. You don't get to add anything to that or take anything away. It doesn't matter your preferences, what you like, what you don't like, what you think we should do, what you think we shouldn't do. It is about faith in Jesus. 
If we get new converts coming into this church and we have evangelism going on and this church is growing and we got new people coming in, we can have all different opinions. But you be real careful. Those people are saved by faith in Jesus, not by living how you want them to live or by your traditions or your way of thinking. It is about faith in Jesus, period. If we add anything to that, we are blaspheming the plan of salvation. That's important, people. It's important. So, now for the good part. I know you guys didn't enjoy that. We'll, we'll get to the good part now. All right, number three. Faith in Jesus now. I don't know who believes what I just preached or who doesn't. It is the truth of the Bible. I'm very confident of it. But if you believe that you are saved by faith in Jesus, and if you believe that just because you trust him, he's going to take care of your eternity, he's going to keep you out of hell, he's going to, Renee sung that song, I love that, I could just jump up and shout um, Who am I to stand here and say that I'm royalty? Who am I to say? I am a child of the king. I'm not talking about the president of the United States. I'm not talking about royalty in England. I am talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's my daddy and I am royalty. Who am I to say that? If I believe that he will deliver me out of hell, take away all my sins, even though I am not a good person, he'll let me go to heaven. If I believe that, why is it, Brother Charles, I can't believe he will take care of my problems now? Does that make sense to anybody? I mean, I know he'll save me, but I'm sick. I don't know if he can do anything about that. I know he'll save me, but I got financial problems. I don't trust him. I, I know I'm saved, but there's problems in church. I just don't know if... Does anybody follow me? If we have faith that he'll get us to home, shouldn't we have faith that he'll take care of us here? I know I'm a lot different than a lot of you. I'm not a, the, I, I, I believe it's a sin to worry, and I believe it's a sin to... to um, <laughs> I don't only believe it's a sin. I don't want to live my life all worked up. I need some amens from some of you. I don't want to live my life all worked up. Some of you are just in a frizzy all the time, just in a frenzy all the time, and worried to death about things all the time, and just in a, just in a big way all the time. But here's, here's kind of how I, and I'm not super spiritual at all. I just got faith in Jesus. I just got through telling you, I'm not going to heaven because I'm good. I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. So when politics don't go exactly the way I want, and it would appear that our great country is literally being drove in the ground, and it looks like our economy could crash, and it looks like our freedoms could be taken all away, and it looks like this great land that I love could literally be destroyed before my very eyes, guess what? I trust Jesus. There's a whole lot of Christians too hung up and, listen to me, I don't care who you put in the White House, they're not going to fix this. We're in a mess. But, but here's the thing, I trust Jesus. What if they take away our freedom? I trust Jesus. What, what, if, what, if, what if the economy crashes we're in a third world country? I trust Jesus. What if my health fails? I trust Jesus. What if me and Renee are having problems? I trust Jesus. What if the church is fighting and about to split? I trust Jesus. You say, preacher, it's not that simple. Yeah, it, it really is that simple. It really is that simple. You can worry yourself sick, trying to control what's going to happen. You can stay in a frenzy and mad about everything. Or you could just say, you know what? This is a mess. I'm glad we got Jesus. <laughs> Amen. This is a mess. I'm glad we got Jesus. You ain't got to be a rocket scientist to see we're headed in the wrong direction. 
You ain't got to be a rocket scientist to see the church is in a problem. I'm not talking about Sand Hill. I'm talking about the church. It's in a bad place. You ain't got to be a rocket scientist to see a lot of things that are wrong. You ain't got to be a rocket scientist to look around this church and find fault with people. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. But you could say, I trust Jesus now. I know he's going to take care of me in eternity after this life is over. But the next 20 or 30 years I got, I trust Jesus. But Terry, whenever I shatter my leg and I can't walk for months, I don't like it. I don't have to like it, but I trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. See, he didn't tell me I have to like it. He just said I have to trust him. <laughs> right? He didn't tell me I have to understand. He just said I have to trust him. So I just want to ask all you good people here. I hope that you guys understand that we're saved by faith. I hope you guys understand that's how you get to heaven. If you don't understand, I hope you'll go study your Bible out and find out if you're right or not. But aside from getting to heaven, we might have... We might not finish this day. The Lord could come back. Amen. Amen. We, before we go out there and eat that good food, we might, the Lord might come back and this be all over. And, and the end could come any time. But it might not come for another 20, 30, 40, 50 years or 100 years. We don't know. The Bible does not tell us when. But can I tell you, however long we got left, we need to have faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Has the devil ever told you this problem is too big for Jesus? Ever had that thought? But boy, I have. I'm ashamed to stand here and say it. I've faced things in my life and I've thought, Lord, I don't think you can fix this one. Where'd that thought come from? Come from the devil. Guess what? I look back in my mirror, he fixed it. Are you guys getting this? You could go home, you're gonna get discouraged, you'll get depressed, you'll get mad, you're gonna have something happen in your life, your health's gonna fail, your finances gonna fail, your family's gonna mess up, something's gonna happen, and you're gonna say, What are we gonna do? How about if you say, Let's have faith in Jesus? I'm not gonna worry about it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna sleep, I'm gonna enjoy life, and I wanna trust Jesus. Now, what I just described to you, but Spike sung us that song, Sweeter Gets a Journey Every Day. Can I tell you what I just described to you is the victorious Christian life? Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Can I tell you what's not the victorious Christian life? I'm worried to death. I'm scared to death. I'm mad. I'm, what are we going to do? The end, listen, that's not, there's no one that's lost going to look at you and say, I want what they've got. I want something that will make me miserable, worry myself to death, and be sick all the time. There's no one's. But if you say, you know, when, when I'm at work, everybody's talking about how horrible everything is, you know, how horrible the government is, how horrible the job is, how horrible the company is, how horrible everything is. I go in smiling and happy and everything's good. They're all like, what is wrong with this guy? He just, he doesn't act like he's mad about anything. I'm not. I'm happy. I'm having a good life. You want some of this? Come and get me. I'll tell you how to get it. Right? Listen, we're supposed to be billboards for Jesus. We're not only going evangelizing door to door, but everywhere you go, you are a billboard that says, I am a Christian. If you mope around and are down and out and discouraged and worried, nobody wants that. But if you say, I have Jesus, I trust Jesus, no matter what happens, it's going to be all right. People want that. And I want to challenge some of you to step up to the plate and start letting Jesus be all of your life. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. 
You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.